Hello, and welcome to Talk To Be Well. I'm your host, Dr. Robin Henderson, Chief Executive Behavioral Health for Providence here in Oregon, and Chief Clinical Officer for Work To Be Well. In today's episode, we're going to discuss balancing your needs while helping everybody else. Joining me for this discussion are three members of Work To Be Well's National Student Advisory Council. But before we get started, I want to remind everybody that the information provided during this podcast is for educational purposes only. It is not intended nor is it implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice. Now let's get started by having each of you introduce yourself, where you're from, and why this topic is important to you. Ash, you want to kick us off? Sure. Hi, I'm Ash. Um, I'm from Central Valley in California. And I this topic is super important to me because balance, having that balance in my life is something that I have had to learn. And I'm very passionate about teaching skills to other people. All right, who's jumping next? I can jump in next. Um, I'm Molly. I'm from Massachusetts. And um, I'm super excited for this episode because, as always, I love sharing advice, but I also love hearing it from other NSAC members. And this is definitely a topic that I myself could use some advice on. So, Fair enough. How about you? Hi, my name is Melissa Shafi. I live in Washington near Seattle. And I'm really excited to be part of this episode because I think I used to be someone that definitely my friends would typically come to when they wanted advice. And when I started going through my own like mental health challenges, I learned the importance of like finding that balance and knowing when it's too much, when it's too little. Um, So I'm really excited to like share my thoughts and hear some more today. Well, you know, Melissa, it's funny that you say you're somebody that your friends go to for advice because that's my first question. Do y'all identify as somebody your friends come to for advice? Yeah, I... I personally, um, ever since I was little, I was always kind of the person that everyone went to, mostly because I was always cracking jokes and make making people feel better in a comedy sense. But I would always try and listen to them and give them advice when asked. And I think that um, being that person was a little bit draining when it and the balance between being that person and taking care of myself kind of tipped <laughs> um but yeah it it can be very very difficult being that person yeah i can totally relate to that and i've definitely had a similar experience but um i think that people tend to come to talk to me because i do really value the privacy of others and when somebody's struggling, I am really protective over that information. So I think that's a quality that people admire about me. Um, and I really, I just take people's struggles to heart and I put a lot into helping them feel better because I know what it feels like to struggle with my mental health. So if there's anything else I can do to support them, then I will do it. But sometimes it's too much and <laughs> sometimes it's really hard to prioritize myself when I'm doing that. Yeah, I would definitely agree with everything that has been shared. Um, I am, I would definitely describe myself as someone who my friends come to when they need advice. And to be honest, I do sometimes like enjoy, admire because I feel like my friend, I feel kind of honored to be that person in a way. Like I feel valued that my friends trust me with that information. 
Um, but yeah, like everyone else shared, I do think that there is a point where it does get too much. And I kind of have to like take a step back and realize that my own needs kind of have to be taken care of before I can really address the needs of others. Well, and, you know, I want to I want to highlight in here, Molly, you brought up a really good point about one of the things people value in you is that you don't share what people share with you with others. And I think that's an important thing we don't think about very often in why people share with us, why people come to us, because that ability to trust someone and know they're a safe place and know that you're not going to all of a sudden like use that information uh, against them or gossip or other things like that. Super duper important, super huge responsibility. I mean, I walk that line in responsibility as a psychologist. I know that what people tell me, I'm ethically obligated not to tell anybody. And I made that choice and that's what I do. You all are taking this on, which adds to your super duper stress, which then comes up to the idea of, you also got to do some self-care. And when you take care of self-care, is self-care selfish? Um, you know, do people think when you take a break from that and you take care of you, are you being selfish? In my opinion, I think uh, I definitely am a strongly proponent that self-care is not selfish. And in fact, I think it's something that's basically necessary for everybody to do. Um, sort of like how I mentioned earlier, I think that it's hard for us humans and especially teenagers to help others when they're in need, when our needs ourselves aren't being met. Because when we aren't taking care of ourselves, when we are constantly, you know, putting ourselves through stress and not really taking enough time to kind of like balance it out, then we end up not being like the best person um, to give advice to others and things like that. Um, so I definitely think that self-care is not selfish. And it's really important for us to really revitalize ourselves, to repair ourselves and to, as a result, also be a better person and better and more helpful to other people as well. I definitely agree with everything that was just said. Self-care is really, really important, but also I think that um, a lot of people, when you become that person that people rely on, when you start taking care of yourself and start taking a break from everyone else, setting those boundaries, I feel like sometimes people get offended almost. They see your self-care as, oh, this person just wants to get away from me. They don't like care anymore. And it can be a really hard balance of trying to make sure that they know you just need a break you just need to practice self-care because you are acting as an outlet as some form of self-care for another person and sometimes you just need to take a break for yourself and I think that's something that really needs to be understood when it comes to friendships and those kinds of relationships, because boundaries definitely need to be clear and set when it comes to self-care. I totally agree. Totally agree. Um, I think that self-care is not selfish at all. And um, I actually have definitely had a history of not really prioritizing self-care very much. Um, and it had, it had gone to a point where I really just spent so much time on others that I began to kind of avoid my own problems um, because I wanted so badly to please other people. I put so much energy to all the groups and clubs that I participated in so that I could 
kind of be the star there, the the biggest helper and the biggest pleaser. But in exchange, I kind of spelt pretty much no time on myself. So whenever I was alone, everything would come crashing down. And I really realized that I was only living for others, not for myself, which helped kind of led me to develop a really low sense of self-worth. So it's such a difficult thing to balance. So definitely, definitely important to find that balance. You know, it's interesting. And I know this episode is called You Can't Pour From an Empty Cup. And I think you're all talking about the importance of you have to take care of you so you have something to give to somebody else. And that idea of that being part of how you care for other people is caring for you. I think people struggle with that idea of you can't care for other people until you care for yourself. I see a lot of people struggle with that. And one of the things that I love about uh, the National Student Advisory Council and Work to Be Well is that we put so much emphasis on what do you do to take care of yourself? What are the activities you do? So I'm going to ask y'all, what do you do to take care of yourself? What's your activity? How do you fill your cup? Um, my favorite way to fill my cup is going on a run. Um, I love running with others. I run with my teammates almost every single day of the week on my track team. Um, but I also really like to run by myself. Um, over the weekend, I'm like responsible for going on my own runs, um, to keep up with my training plan. But it's one of my favorite self care activities because it really helps me get up and moving. But I also feel no pressure from others to keep up with any specific pace. I don't want to be running. So it's just me and the sound of my shoes on the pavement. And I get that runner's high feeling when I'm back. And I always feel so recharged so that's my favorite way I think my favorite way to kind of recharge is to listen to music and do one of two things at the same time is either painting or drawing or I really like to write poetry and I think that I have a certain mindset when I'm coming uh to either or But I think it's super, super important to do it for myself because it's an outlet. It's a way to take care of myself and also get my feelings out there in some way, whether it's through um, drawing and kind of making sense of a picture or just saying it in words and writing it down. I think it can be really important. And then music is also just amazing when you can find something that you can listen to and relate to. I loved hearing about uh, like the importance of running and poetry. I definitely would love to try those out soon. I think for me recently, my favorite way of uh, taking care of myself has actually been like just sitting down on my vanity and just taking some time and like doing my makeup, doing my hair, like things like that. I It's hard to explain why I really enjoy it as a self-care activity, but recently I think I learned that it's because I'm able to kind of like be with myself in the moment and like really take time to, you know, appreciate my own like features in a way and uh, use makeup, use like my hair tools just to kind of like give myself a little glow up from within. It's really fun because I get to kind of like use it as like a creative outlet, but it also kind of makes me feel better and more recharged. So that's what I've been doing for a while and it really helps. So yeah. See, I, I love that. I love all of these because they're radically very different and they come at this from a variety of different ways that are super important. And one of the things that I noticed out there, and I'm sure you've seen this too, you probably all have friends who 
are really good at helping other people, but don't take that advice for themselves. And I know I have my theories about why it is that, that we see people sometimes lose themselves in helping other people. I see it all the time in healthcare. I see people who go out there and they give and give and give and give and give. And they think that they're being really great because they give and give and give and give and give. And when they give out that much, especially in healthcare, that's when you're most likely to make a mistake, make an error and um, really not be healthy for yourself and for the people that you're caring for. But why do you think it is that, you know, some people are really good at giving advice and giving to others and giving, 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 but kind of aren't good at doing that for themselves? What dynamics are going on for them? Something that um, it could possibly be, and I guess I'm saying this from like my own experience to also like in the, it's some things that I've seen from my friends um, is that sometimes people really like excessively care for others and really search, actively search for ways to uh, take care of others' needs as a way to sort of like escape and um, not address their own uh, maybe burdens and their own like thoughts that have been challenging them. Um, so they kind of use it as a way to make themselves feel better, but ultimately like sometimes they're still left with this like sort of hole of like their own like personal like issues and things like that that have been yet to be addressed. Um, so I feel like it's kind of a way to make up for that. And I really do sympathize for everyone who goes through that because it definitely is easy to kind of like, um, avoid addressing your own feelings by really overcompensating on others but it's super super important like we cannot stress that enough uh to really take some time and uh be with yourself and take care of yourself so that's what I think speaking from personal experience as well I think when it comes to this specific question the quote easier said than done really kind of sums it up because I genuinely think it is easier said than done. I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. I know I always give that advice to my friends or the people that come to me. And then sometimes I kind of get, I mean, a little bit offended by it, but I can see why they say it is when they look at me and they go, hey, take your own advice, please. And I mean, I, I got to listen to them in a way you just it's easier to tell other people exactly like, hey, you can do this to help yourself. But when you come back and you reflect on your own problems and your own life, it's a lot harder to kind of pick yourself up, especially if you have so many things that you feel are tearing you down. It's hard to pick yourself up and say, hey, listen to yourself. And I yeah, I think it's it can be really hard, but having friends that will be there to tell you, hey, <laughs> listen to yourself, listen to what you're telling me is a really good thing to have. I totally agree and totally relate to everything that everyone has said so far. Um, as soon as Melissa started talking about um, kind of helping others is a way to sort of avoid your own problems. I was like, oh, yeah, that's me. <laughs> I do that. Um, but yeah, um, I think it's a lot easier to help others because as much as like 
others' problems can become your own responsibility. They aren't inherently your responsibility because you're not them necessarily. So um, you're your own real responsibility. So you can help others as much as you want, but in the end, it's only really you that matters. So when you take on all these responsibilities that aren't yours, you push away all your own responsibilities and then you avoid your struggles and you're feeling some peace by filling a void, but it's not your own. So it just becomes so complicated. And eventually you kind of definitely hit a point, like Ash was saying, where you're like, oh, I need to listen to my own advice. You know, you're all dancing around this theme of self-worth and and how we all feel that we're worthy. And we're really good at making other people feel worthy and knowing that they are worthy. And we need to take that into ourselves and say, you know what? You're worthy. You're worth it. You deserve it. You, you actually need it. This is part of, part of how you thrive. And, and it's interesting because sometimes I know also in our, even the best of us who go out there and we balance our self-care and we're there for our friends and we're there for other people. But sometimes we get involved with people who may take too much, you know, who may try to dive in there and, you know, it gets to be overwhelming. How do you deal with people who, who you need to set boundaries with and how do you set boundaries with people so that they know you still love them you want to be there for them but hey this is a little bit too much you might need professional help I think saying kind of what you just said is be looking at someone and like sitting down and having a real conversation with them setting that boundary I guess loud and clear as clear as you can be, just say like, hey, I love you. I want to be there for you. But also, I need to take care of myself. I'm getting a little overwhelmed with everything you're telling me. And I think you could benefit, if you're ready, you could benefit from talking to someone else that has a little more experience and knowledge in what you're talking about. Because I love to be there for you, but sometimes I just, I can't. And I think having someone that can listen to you say that, and sometimes people can get kind of upset hearing that, but it's an important boundary you need to set because like this whole episode's about, you need to take care of yourself too. And even if someone is kind of saying, I don't like that you have to do that, you it's very, very important. It is necessary. It is required for you to take care of yourself as much as you take care of other people. Definitely. That was so well said. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, this is actually, this has been a big issue for me in the past. I had this one friend at one point who would repeatedly just dump so much on me to the point where I was so concerned by their problems that I would just become anxious all the time. It was completely consuming me and I didn't really know what to do. Um, and so eventually I was advised to set a boundary to the person and explain to them how they were honestly making me feel and basically just saying like, I totally understand you're struggling. They were getting professional help at the same time, but just like kept coming to me anyways. But this isn't necessarily a problem for me to take on when I am not the professional help. <laughs> um, I'm just your friend. There's only so much you can do. Um, and unfortunately, it didn't stop there even after I tried to set the boundaries. So I did have to take it to the guidance counselors at my school who said to me, Molly, you are not a therapist. Like, this is so valid that you're feeling this way. And so I 
after taking it to adults, um, it was it was so scary because I was so worried that the person was going to be mad at me. But in the end, it actually was definitely for the better. And it really helped me learn that going to adults is another really great way to take care of people when you can't settle it on your own. That was a really, really great response. I think, first of all, I'm really glad the guidance counselors were really helpful. I feel like I hear a lot of stories of uh, people saying gui that guidance counselors sometimes are not as helpful as they wish, but I'm really glad that adults really did help out. And I think, yeah, that was uh, really interesting to hear. So thank you for sharing that. Um, I guess just like another perspective that I wanted to, wanted to share about this is that I think, um, like we touched on already, is that when there is someone who constantly goes to us when they need someone to talk to, when they need all of their thoughts and feelings and everything, it sometimes makes the receiver feel like they're being taken advantage of or like exploited, especially when that person never like takes time to check in with how like we're doing and how we're doing it if we ever need to talk to them, if we are suffering through anything. Um, and so I think just like something that I want to share for people, like in the future, when someone, when you do turn to a friend to share your thoughts and feelings and what's been going on, I think it's really important and really helpful to maybe before saying that, maybe just say, hey, like I really need to talk to you about something, but only if you like, you know, feel good right now, like just as a way to kind of make sure that they are also being heard and taken care of before you proceed with sharing um, what's been making you feel down just as a way to um, make sure that the person is ready and prepared to hear from you. You've all made some really, really good points. And I want to go back to a couple of them because the idea that making sure someone's prepared to hear what you have to say, we don't talk about that enough. I mean, there's, there's these things like not only am I emotionally prepared to receive it um, and I'm emotionally in a place where I've got stuff in my cup, you know, I've got room in my cup and I can hear you. But there's also a time and a place for everything, right? And and we've all had, and this kind of goes to, Molly, what you were talking about, about, about friends who, who can take advantage of that and the need to go and get help. I've been in these situations where um, it can be a situation where maybe I'm at a social gathering or I'm studying for something. I've got a really big project due or whatever, and there's just not the time and the space. And then I've got somebody who oh my gosh, I need something from you. And if I'm not here for you, um, and if I'm not available, some people handle that and they're okay with it. Other people are like, well, oh man, you're just never there for me, you know, or whatever. And they get, and they get ticked off because you're prioritizing the fact that you want to engage in this social situation. And maybe you don't want to dip out for 20 minutes and talk about somebody's boyfriend problems. Um, you know, maybe you don't want to dip out and talk about somebody's life stressors or whatever. Maybe you do have something else going on. I think that awareness that it's okay to say no and that if somebody, you know, this goes back to some of the things we talked about before, especially when we talk about people in a crisis, knowing what your limit is and when you need a, a professional, a, an adult, a trusted adult, a whether it's a guidance counselor, which is awesome, or a teacher or a trusted, you know, youth mentor or, or whomever it is, reaching out to somebody else and saying, they're not hearing it and I need help. Such a healthy thing to do. You all go out there and put yourselves out there as mental health advocates. And, and as you put yourself out there as mental health advocates and your peers see you, they're going to see you as being, you know, extra in that space. Do you ever feel, you know, do you ever feel that that somehow 
sets you in a different light? Do you feel guilty for taking care of your own mental health? Do you feel that, you know, how does that play out into this? How does your advocacy play into this conversation? I think that's a very interesting question and one that I feel like we've never really talked about. So that's super interesting. Um, I will say sometimes previously I have felt there's this Taylor Swift song called Dear Reader, and it's basically all about feeling like um, a bad narrator, an untrusty friend, an untrusty narrator, things like that. And sometimes I did feel that way. I felt kind of guilty for preaching about taking care of yourself, preaching about self-care when I knew deep down that I wasn't really doing that myself. But I think over time, I have learned that at the end of the day, everybody goes through some type of mental health struggle at some point in their life, some more than others. But it's something that we all universally go through. And I think it's just it's unfair to ourselves to feel guilty for going through that because it's impossible to always be in like a perfect healthy state of your life like we all have ups and downs and just because of that that shouldn't like impact um what we preach that shouldn't impact what we do in our advocacy work um so i'm really glad that work to be well especially does emphasize the importance of taking care of yourself as well before you take care of others because that's just something super important that i think it's really important to always uphold First of all, before I jump into my response, just have to say that Dear Reader is such a good song, and I'm so glad that you just quoted that, Melissa. I literally love that song so much. So underrated on her new album. Anyways, um, I definitely um, relate to the feeling guilty um, as a mental health advocate for struggling with my own mental health. I kind of feel that as an advocate, I should be better at taking care of myself because I know the skills. I preach the skills. Um but I still struggle a lot. And sometimes it gets to the point where I'll be shameful of myself um, for not doing well because I work hard to take care of myself and be better. But struggling with mental health is such a huge challenge and isn't something that can just be fixed immediately. As Melissa was saying, everyone struggles with it. It's not an easy fix. And so it's definitely difficult, but also super important to be graceful and give yourself a break as a mental health advocate, because us especially, we take so much time talking about mental health, and it's often forgotten that we also are responsible for our own. Okay, I'm just going to marinate in your advice for a little bit, and then I'm going to go listen to Dear Reader, uh, because <laughs> it's like, you know, it's so true, and and mental health professionals go through the same thing. We're expected to be these paragons of virtue of, of, you know, knowing how to do self-care, always taking care of ourselves, always doing the right thing, yada, yada, yada. And fun fact, guess what? I've even been known to have messed that up myself. I've even been known to, to not always be the best at that. And it's a hardcore reminder to remind myself all the time, okay, I've got to make time for self-care. I've got to think about it. I've got to even kind of pre-schedule it. And there are some things that I pre-schedule and that I do pretty routinely. I mean, last night sat on the couch with my son and said, Hey, you know, it's time for me to do a face mask. You going to join me? And so we sat on the couch and did, you know, nice detoxifying face masks that felt fabulous. Uh, And it was pretty funny, but I need to do those things. How do you regularly check in with yourself What kind of self-care practices do you plan for in your week? What do you do? That's a really good question. I 
use Sundays usually is kind of my self-care day because they're kind of like my reset day um, to take care of myself before beginning the rest of my week. Sundays are the day that I always do my laundry. I catch up on reading my book. I go for my long run by myself and then I get to bed early. Um, And those are all just things that like I do for myself that make me feel a lot better. Um, And I rarely tend to make plans with friends really on Sundays specifically. So I can just keep this day to myself. Um, And, you know, like as much as I love being around other people, I really value my alone time as well. And I often kind of like get away from that by like over committing myself to things. So having that one day where I know this is just my me time is super important to me. I really love that idea of purposefully, um, trying to limit what we schedule with friends like on a certain day just because we want to take that day for ourselves and there's nothing to be ashamed about that I think that's super important and something that I definitely do as well um it's just a great way to recharge our social battery um for me I think my like self-care days are usually Friday nights because first of all like who wants to do work and be productive on a Friday night like that's just that sounds wrong but um for me Friday nights are usually when I take some time to catch up on a show that I really like to sometimes FaceTime like my family or cousins, like things like that, people who really cheer me up and make me feel better. Um, I will say other ways that I do sort of like schedule self-care throughout the week. I'm this is very small, but I don't know why it just makes such a difference. When I drive myself to school, I will always make sure to play like a rotation of songs that I just love and I know will put me in a good mood because that just makes the drive so much more fun and it makes me prepared for the school day. So rather what rather than sitting in my car thinking, oh, I have to go to school, it's gonna be such a bad day. I'm so scared, like I don't want to do this. I'm instead listening to this very uh, for lack of a better word, hype music uh, to really get myself in the mood and make me feel better. And it really is like a highlight of my day in a way, especially during like the stressful times of school. So that's what I sometimes like to do. You know, I, I love all of that. And I especially love having hype music. I think it's really important to have your own personal, you know, hype tape. I think those things are very, I, you know, those are the types of things that really scheduling in is a smart way to ensure that you're going to refill your cup. I want to thank you all for joining me today to talk about how you refill your cup and the things that we need to do to take care of ourselves so that we can be there for our friends. Thank you all for joining me on Talk To Be Well, lending your voice to this important topic. If you're looking for support with your mental health or any other medical questions, please visit providence.org. For parents, teachers, and students, check us out at worktobewell.org. Thank you again so much. I love spending time with my National Student Advisory Council students here on Talk To Be Well. I'm your host, Dr. Robin Henderson. Please be well.